Hello, friend. Welcome to 2023. Happy New Year. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how it's a new year so we can have some new songwriting goals. It's time to dedicate ourselves to create new songwriting habits or to continue the great habits that we might have started in 2022 or even in years past. It's time to evaluate if we haven't already what we did last year and think about, okay, how can we do better this year? Because if we don't look at last year, how can we expect to improve? Because without measuring, there can't really be improvement. But it's also important to look ahead, set some realistic goals, and maybe more importantly, dedicate ourselves to create better songwriting habits. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adala. Honored that you would take some time out of your day, out of your week, out of your, perhaps, if you're listening to this when it comes out, first week of the new year to talk songwriting with me. means a lot to me that you could be listening to anything and you chose to talk songwriting with me. I certainly recognize that. And I certainly appreciate that. Welcome to the new year. It's an exciting time. It's a time when uh, some of us get to reset, set some new goals, maybe uh, even look back at last year to celebrate the wins, but also to perhaps a little bit lament the losses or uh, or, or reevaluate some of the things that perhaps did not go so well. Maybe you're new here because you said, dang it, I've been waiting for years to start songwriting and 2023 is my year. So your New Year's resolution or goal is to start songwriting. Maybe that's why you're here. If so, welcome. Be sure to check out my free guide, 10 different ways to start writing a song, whether you're new to songwriting or a seasoned, that there should be something in there for you. Talk about this all the time, but it's because I am so convinced that it's one of the most helpful ways to not be stuck as a songwriter. But starting your song in different ways is one of the best ways to avoid writer's block, in my opinion, specifically on the musical side. It is unbelievably helpful, I think. Certainly helpful on the musical side as well. If you always try to start with the chord progression, sometimes you just sort of run out. You look at the guitar put your fingers on a G major chord per usual, and you're like, no, no, do something different. And sometimes it's hard, but sometimes just going to a bass guitar or just coming up with a bass line with your regular guitar instead, or starting with a melody or starting with a song title or imagery can be a great way to get outside of the creator's box that we may have put ourselves in. So songwritertheory.com slash free guide if you're interested. Link will be in the description below per usual. So the first question for you and for all of us really is, did you do a yearly review? Because it's really helpful to get honest with ourselves about what did and did not go well in order to identify and then be able to fix what isn't going well, as well as keep doing what has been working. Because we don't want to keep going as we did last year if ultimately last year didn't go very well. Or maybe it went sort of well, but not as well as it should have. And then also, if we take an honest look at 
last year, we can better evaluate what's realistic to expect from ourselves this year. Because if you feel like you really did put your best foot forward last year, and let's say your accomplishment was you did an EP in a year, which is great. That's awesome. So it probably would be unrealistic if you know that's what you accomplished last year and you felt like you were crushing it most of the time last year to be like, oh, this year I'm going to do three EPs, right? Like you're, you're probably not going to triple your output if you felt like you put a lot of work in last year and what you had to show f- for it was one EP. So there's a lot of reasons. Those are the main ones for why it's important to take a look at last year. And I mentioned this in the intro, but if, if we're not measuring something, maybe you've heard this quote before, but um, it's, it's basic. I'm probably going to butcher it, but it, it, basically in order to improve things, you need to measure things. I'm currently forgetting the exact wording of it, but hopefully you are saying it in the car wherever you're listening and thinking, what an idiot. He forgot that very common phrase. Uh, and if it makes you feel better, I am also thinking that in my head towards myself. But um, so what's measured is improved or something like that. So taking the time to evaluate how last year went is very, very important. So if you haven't done your yearly review, let's talk about some of the things to look at. So one thing to look at is your output, the quality of the output and the quantity of the output. What do I mean by this? Well, roughly speaking, what was the overall quality of the songs that you wrote last year, as well as how many songs you wrote last year. Now, these are probably not going to be precise, right, because there's going to be a variety in quality, some some writing styles are going to have a bigger variety and quality than others. For example, if you're a songwriter that tends to, you know, throw crap at the wall and that's kind of your version of songwriting, which isn't, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But probably in your case, you're going to have high quantity and a huge variance in quality, probably. Whereas if you're someone that more sort of just abandons songs as soon as you realize, eh, this isn't going to be really good enough, and you mostly concentrate all your effort on having fewer songs but better songs, then your quantity is going to be lower or a lot lower. But your quality on average is probably going to be way more consistent and higher. Again, there's no right or wrong, but two different styles. But overall, looking at what your quality and your quantity were can be pretty helpful. Because if you wrote 10 quality songs last year, expecting yourself to double it to 20 next year might be unrealistic. Again, it depends. If you felt like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't even do nearly enough songwriting last year and I still made 10 songs that I'm proud of, then maybe it is worth doubling it to 20. Not that I think it's that productive to have a song number goal. It's maybe not the best goal to have, which we'll touch on later. But other questions to ask yourself is, did you write as many songs as, as you would have liked to Overall, how was the quality? What needs the most improvement? When you look at your songs in the last year, is it the melodies that feel like they fell the most flat? Is it the lyrics that feel like they're lacking? Maybe it's that you feel like all your chord progressions and your harmonies are fairly basic or boring. Uh, Basic doesn't have to be boring for what it's worth. Certainly, you can have extremely interesting songs that are two chord songs. Uh, that can be done 
Certainly a song can't and shouldn't be measured simply on how advanced the chord progression is. It's not a good way to measure a song, but it can be helpful to have variety in that uh, because while a two-chord song certainly can work, you probably don't want all your songs to be two-chord songs or four-chord songs. Uh, So it's helpful to have a mix and, and perhaps to have some songs that utilize something outside of, say, just major keys, which then touches on, on on another thing. Do you do you have all your songs in the same key, or maybe all your songs in the same tempo? Maybe everything's in C major and around one twenty beats per minute. That's another area to maybe say, hmm, maybe I want to try something in more than ninety six beats per minute, or the one forty four beats per minute, or maybe not something so radical, maybe one oh eight. Or if you have everything in C major and G major, maybe it's time to stretch a little bit to something like D major. Or maybe you want to go in the other direction and have a flat key, such as F major. Probably more likely if you're a pianist than a guitarist, because frankly, F major kind of sucks for the guitar. Um, so maybe if you're a guitarist, instead you want to add E major, which is a, a pretty nice key for the guitar, partially because you can get some some really nice pedal tones with it very easily or open chords, uh, where basically you have the notes E ringing out for like the entire song, which is what a pedal tone essentially is. But we also can dive a little bit deeper. What about your bass lines, right? Were they forgettable? Or what about your guitar parts? Did you think your lead guitar parts were somewhat lackluster and unmemorable? Or maybe your piano riffs? Maybe your, your drums were overly basic? Maybe all your songs are about the same theme or the same concept. Maybe if you look back at last year, you're like, hey, I wrote 15 great songs, but every single one of them was a song about heartbreak. Um, There's nothing wrong with that, but you probably don't want to be someone who only writes about heartbreak uh, from now until forever, and every single song is basically... I don't want to say the same because there's a ton of different material within Heartbreak. Uh, certainly, you know, just just one breakup you could probably get 50 great songs out of that aren't that aren't all saying the same thing. Uh, so cer- certainly, there there is a lot that we can get just from Heartbreak, and certainly, love is such a huge part of life. Uh, there's a reason why uh, maybe even the vast majority of songs are somewhat connected to the concept of love, if not straight up a love song or a breakup song. Um, But certainly we probably don't want to have everything be exactly the same theme. I, I, the EP that I desperately need to finish, which we'll touch on here in a second. um, The, the whole theme was basically around, I don't ever say it, but basically Alzheimer's and death and the concept of, of keeping memories both, uh, keeping memories as a person struggling with Alzheimer's, uh, which is sort of the main character or one of the main characters of the EP. Um, but then the other perspective, right? Keeping memories of people who are who are gone and not with us anymore, um, which was great. It was fun. Uh, well, it was depressing, but but it was a good it was a good era of songwriting for me, where I got to explore something different that I hadn't really written about before, but in my songwriting since then, I've moved past that, right? Because I kind of have a, a whole EP dedicated to it. Uh, some songs more so than others, but but f- two to three of them are really about like the, the Alzheimer's concept. Um, so certainly not something that, you know, I, I want to have a whole other EP on. So thematically, 
I have moved on from that. But the, this is the importance of like looking and and really saying to yourself, okay, what have I written about in the last year, or just maybe even all time, right? Maybe all time, still like ninety percent of your songs are about heartbreak or are about you know death or something. Well, maybe maybe it's time to explicitly try to go after some different subjects or themes or concepts that we haven't gone after. Or was it a struggle maybe to write catchy songs instead of just writing all ballads? This is certainly something that sometimes I struggle with. Or maybe you're the opposite, right? Maybe you just like can't help yourself but but write, uh, what do they call it these days, bops or something like that? I don't know. Uh, this is, I'm, I'm about to turn 30. That's what I get for trying to... <laughs> trying to use the young lingo. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's wrong. What is it they call it? I don't know. See, this is the problem with the fact that I can't hear you in the conversation is you may be yelling at me what the answer is, but I can't hear you. Uh, but alas, life is a tragedy. So these are all the types of questions that we should be asking ourselves in our yearly review. And just for a uh, frame of reference, I'll be transparent with you and talk about uh, my, my side of it. So for me, uh, I struggled with finishing when it came to recording. I find that I don't necessarily struggle with finishing songs. Uh, in fact, I, I would say I don't really struggle with finishing songs. I do absolutely massively struggle with finishing recordings of songs. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We won't go into all of them because this podcast is not about me. I'm just trying to be transparent and and hopefully the way I talk about my evaluation of myself will help you with evaluating yourself, which is ultimately what's important. But uh, so anyway, I struggled with finishing when it comes to recording. So the fact that, and I've alluded to this or mentioned this before, but the fact that I'm currently kind of writing for solo EP number two and three, um, which means that you know, I have, I have approximately, I'm, I'm more or less, there's times that I'm working on song number 15 that's unreleased for my solo stuff. Um, with each EP being five songs long is terrible. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. Uh, insert many other insulting words here. Uh, was I overall productive? Sure. But I have nothing tangible to show for it. Right. And if it's not released, who cares? Right. I could tell you Every year for the next five years, oh, I was super productive with songwriting. But if I never actually release it, who cares? And at some point, you'll you won't believe me anymore, and and rightly so, right? Because ultimately, is it if it like it needs to be done, done and released and out there. Um. So anyway, and then for me, consistency with songwriting daily that fluctuated, honestly. I rarely go more than a week without, so it's it's been a long time since I've struggled with, um, you know, the sort of like, oh, it's been a month and a half and I haven't song written. Uh, so so that I'm pretty much past, um, but, and I, so I probably spent three quarters of the year or so working on songs daily, which was great. That was an improvement. Um, I pretty much improved on that every year, so that actually went fairly well. Um, and also, especially in the last quarter, got better and pretty good about practicing and getting better at the piano specifically. In the last quarter, I really, really worked on that. And and so this year, I'm hoping to add guitar to it as well, but we'll get to that in a second. So all to say, if, if your evaluation ends up being kind of depressing and you realize, ah, man, I really didn't crush it in 2022, don't worry about it. We're in this together. 
because while I do feel good about the songwriting part, when it comes to the recording part, my performance was kind of pathetic. Uh, A lot of recording did happen. I just didn't finish the one thing I need to finish. Because I'm pretty sure in a podcast like a year ago, I mentioned how the Keeping Memories EP is vocals away. And that's still true. Um, And that's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. It's pathetic. Um, And that's totally on me. Uh, I can make excuses about like, yes, it is weird to record vocals in the house, especially my vocals tend to be very belty and loud uh, with with my wife here. And, you know, uh, so... So I have to like work within the basically be like, hey, wife, why don't you go visit your family for the day? Um, But ultimately, those are all just excuses, right? So let's be honest with ourselves in our yearly review is basically what I'm saying here. So the next things to ask ourselves. Where do you want to go this year? Right, because last year is over. Lessons learned. But ultimately, the goal is what we can do better at this year. Because overall, getting frustrated at ourselves for how the things we failed at last year is ultimately not helpful. It's done. It's over. It was what it was. So now the only thing we can do is figure out how to make sure that in 2023, it goes better. And that when we're talking with each other again a year from now, we can feel better about 2023 than we felt about 2022 today. Even if you felt good about 2022 today. Still, still, we want to feel even better about 2023. 2020 twee, that's what I just said. Uh, 2023, uh, become like Tweety Bird or something. I don't know what happened there. So where do you want to go this year? Are there certain themes that you want to explore? Maybe, you know, something's happened in your life recently that has opened a can of worms of like, oh, that's an interesting thing to explore. Going back to the Alzheimer's thing, my sort of writing obsession with Alzheimer's that more or less was sort of two years ago, I think was when it really hit th- three, two years ago. Um, that, that that wasn't from nowhere. That was from uh, the combination of I had two grandparents that one had a, a, uh, one had a fast moving dementia and then one had Alzheimer's. And then uh, I went to a play Uh, That was really good. It was done by a bunch of kids. Really good in a playhouse in New Hampshire, of all places. Uh, No offense to New Hampshire. Just not not exactly the the place that you expect to be kind of blown away with a really great play that that kids put on. A little playhouse in New Hampshire. I wish I remember the name because I'd love to give credit to it. It was really good. But um, but anyway, the 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 play was also about Alzheimer's. So all those things kind of combined together to like inspire me into a mode of, of writing about Alzheimer's. And you know, the same is going to be true. Like if you went out, when, when you go through a breakup, all of a sudden, you know, tons of breakup songs come out, right? And you might still write breakup songs about the breakup that happened five, 10 years ago, but the, the rate that at which you are inspired to write that is going to go down. So maybe there's something that happened this year. Maybe, you had your first kid this year or something. And all of a sudden, you know, that that opens a whole new uh, world of themes that you want to talk about because your life changed completely or you got married this year. Um, <clears throat> you know, so whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing, certainly current life events might be something that inspires you into certain themes. Or maybe there's certain music theory concepts you want to learn or add to your songwriting toolbox like modes, which we've talked about recently, and borrowed chords, which we've also talked about recently, or or maybe something more basic, like just 
inversions, right? Maybe you've you've basically stuck with the basic basic chords. You've never even thought about inversions. About <clears throat> for guitarists, an inversion would be something like if if you see a G over B chord, right? Which basically means G major, but the bass guitarist actually plays a B instead of defaulting to playing the G, the root of the chord. That would be an example of an inversion because B is also in the G major chord, but it is the um, the second note in the G major chord, if you will, the third of the chord because a G major chord is a G, a B, and a D. So having that B in the bass is actually an inversion of the chord. And then second inversion would be having the D in the bass instead of the G in the bass or the B in the bass, which would have been first inversion. Regardless, maybe there's something that we've talked about in this last year or in a recent podcast episode that's songwriter theory-wise, where maybe you you learned it to some degree uh, from listening, but certainly it, it's always going to be true that if we don't put something into practice, we don't learn it long-term. And ultimately, even if you have head knowledge, what's more important is to have the practical knowledge. Right, so if, if in your head you understand what modes are, but you don't really know how to put them into practice and you haven't worked at trying to utilize them in your songs, then first of all, over time, you're probably going to forget what modes are completely and lose even the head knowledge. But also, you know, what's the, what's the point in just understanding academically that, you know, the Lydian mode is basically major with a sharp four. Like, okay, great. But like, if you don't practice utilizing it, then who cares? Because ultimately, what matters is the type of knowledge that ultimately becomes action, becomes something that we actually work with. In the same way that, yeah, it's good to know things like, I don't know, dates in history. Ultimately, that's not really the important takeaway because there there is no real takeaway from that, right? It's just head knowledge, just trivia. What we don't want is for the music theory knowledge we learn to become trivia. We want to be able to apply it. So where history is important is understanding how we avoid repeating the bad history and how maybe we can replicate some of the good history. The dates ultimately are just trivia and don't really matter. In the same way with when it comes to music theory, you know, just, just knowing how to answer the trivia questions about music theory doesn't really matter. It matters if you can apply it to your songwriting. So maybe... Another thing is there's something specific you want to get better at with your instrument. Maybe you're a guitarist and uh, you struggle with bar chords like every guitarist uh, at the at the beginning or, or even intermediate guitarists, I feel like. Um, certainly there are some bar chords that that for me, I'm still like, I, I just don't even <laughs> I don't even want to bother. Um, so or maybe it's becoming a, a better lead guitarist, right? Maybe you're a one-person band, and you're trying to do everything yourself, and your lead guitar parts are lackluster, and you want to feel like you're more of a legitimate lead guitarist, so you don't feel the need to call your friend who is a legitimate lead guitarist and be like, "Hey, man, can you can you like add some sweet sweet solos or some sick hook to my song because I can't because that's I'm not good enough at." guitar yet. So ultimately, where do you want to go this year? For me, my number one songwriting goal I put in my non-negotiable section is I have to release Keeping Memories. That's it. I have to do it. Uh, there's two projects 
ultimately in my life that are absolutely non-negotiable this year. And not even really this year, but really the first quarter, uh, especially for one of them. If keeping memories bleeds into second quarter, I guess that's not the end of the world, although it's kind of close. Um, but that, that is my absolute non-negotiable. Like it, it's, just, it's just, it must be done. It must be done. Um, and then, and, and ultimately, um, I mentioned this before, but releasing slash finishing has been my problem. And, and again, not finishing the songs. The songs are fully written. Even the recording is like 99% done. Really, my problem is recording vocals. <laughs> that That is literally my, like, the one thing that I just, I need to get better at so desperately. Um, and that relates to my word of the year. I, I Every year, I like to pick a word that is my theme. You don't have to do this, but maybe it will be helpful to you. For, um, so so a couple of years back, for instance, I think I think my word was uh, consistency. Um which has a whole story behind it. But, but one, of, one of the things is like, I wanted to be consistent about I songwrite every day. I release a podcast every week and all that sort of stuff. I've been fairly consistent um, for a while now. This year, because of how last year went, my word is finishing <laughs> because that is the problem I need to address is actually finishing, specifically uh, finishing bigger projects. Because I've done fine about finishing, you know, recording a podcast episode or a video and finishing editing a video to then release it and all that. That's all been fine. Um, but specifically when it comes to the bigger projects, both songwriting and outside of songwriting, that is where I have struggled mightily. So maybe that will be helpful to you. Maybe think about a single word that encapsulates what you want to accomplish songwriting-wise or what you want to emphasize songwriting-wise. One word's easy to remember. So if, if there's one word that's perfect, it can be a really easy way, at least I've found, to, you know, when in doubt, when you're sitting and wondering, what should I do now? If I remember finishing, fin and specifically finishing big projects, that's my thing. That's the sort of thing that will prompt me to be like, all right, got to figure out when I can record the next vocals, you know, figure out how to how to get get the get the house in a way that I can whether that's uh, turning the furnace off so it doesn't turn on and ruin the recording and all this stuff you have to worry, the worry about when you're recording vocals and uh, using a mic at home. But anyway, next, goals and habits. Goals are events and habits are effectively the automation of behavior to work towards an event. If you want more on habits and songwriting, Recently, I've been, uh, I believe last week was the first one and then next week will be the next one. Um, but we've been talking about relating the book Atomic Habits to songwriting. Atomic Habits, great book. It's not about songwriting, but if you want to get better at anything or you have any goals at all that you actually want to achieve in life, highly recommend that book. Or you could just watch the YouTube videos that I'm mentioning. Um, but we're not going to dive into that here. But ultimately, a goal is something like release an EP, right? But that's not super helpful on its own as it doesn't actually help you accomplish that goal. How James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits is basically, look, every team's goal is to win the Super Bowl, right? That, that's not what helps. Ultimately, the team that wins the Super Bowl is probably the team that has the best habits to continually get better as a team and as individuals, and then they win the Super Bowl. All of them had the same goal. The one that actually won is the one that also had the great habits, the effective habits. So 
That's where habits come in. Work on my EP at least 15 minutes a day or practice guitar every day whenever I watch TV or Netflix or whatever it might be, right? Maybe you're like me and you're like, you know what? I've, I, I, I haven't watched Family Guy and that's one of those shows that at least for me, like I, you know, as an adult, I worked through The Office and then I loved The Office and now I've seen it way too many times and then Parks and Rec and Scrubs and New Girl and a bunch of stuff. Right. That and I so, so I enjoy sitcoms, especially the ones that are legendary or borderline legendary, especially the the more modern ones. Um, I say more modern, but I guess they're not that modern anymore. But anyway, Family Guy's on the list now. Do you care? No, that's not really the point. But, you know, if I if I say to myself, no, you're not allowed to watch it unless you get your guitar out and work on some scales or something like that. That can be a great way to formulate a habit. Just be in the habit of whenever you're watching TV or you're watching YouTube videos or even listening to this podcast. Um, if you're not listening in the in the car or at work, you know, maybe getting in the habit of of sort of going through scales as you listen is a great way to create a habit that will help automate you to become better and better all the time because habits are ultimately the most helpful way to make sure that we are getting better over time. Because if you work on your EP 15 minutes or more a day, you're way more likely to accomplish releasing an EP than if you don't have that habit. Because if you don't have that habit, three weeks will go by and you'll realize, oh crap, I haven't worked on the EP at all. And then you'll maybe work on it for like three hours that day, and then you'll have the same problem all over again. But it might be two months this time. And soon a year goes by, and you still haven't really done anything, and then you have a really depressing yearly review. Or the next time that we have an episode like this, a year from now, we'll both be moping about it. We don't want that, right? We want we want to feel good about this episode a year from now. So habits are about process, while goals are about the culmination of your processes into the desirable events, the the events that you want to achieve. So for me, tangible goals, release Keeping Memories EP. Next one is release Greatest Gift, which is a Christmas single, um, which I wrote forever ago, and most of it was recorded forever ago. I just refuse to have like the first more official release I do as an individual artist be uh, because I I put some like demo stuff out in the last several years and I have some of my old band stuff out there. I probably should just re-release all of it, but there's, you know, when you write a song when you're 18 or 17 and now you're 29 and you're much better at songwriting, you kind of cringe at some of the the stuff you wrote. So it's kind of like, should I put it out there? Should I not? It's a whole thing. But anyway... Um, and then my a stretch goal is release uh, another EP, this one being for a separate act, we'll call it. It's not really a solo EP because it's, it's harder rock music uh, with with lots of minor minor keys and Phrygian mode stuff, uh, which I love specifically for rock music. But anyway, uh, that is sort of my stretch goal. And then for intangible goals or desires, And what I mean by intangible goals is it's either like you check the box of I released the Keeping Memories EP or I didn't, right? There's no debating. There's no nuance. It's a very, I either did it or I didn't. But some goals aren't really that way, right? So you could say release Keeping Memories EP. You could make that into a smart goal. But there are some goals that are worth having that aren't, can't really be made into smart goals or or shouldn't be perhaps. Uh, So for me, I want to improve at piano, vocals, and guitar. Right. So improving at your instrument, that's something that is is worth striving for, because the better at our instruments that we are, the easier it is 
to to write better or more interesting or more intricate, at least, parts. The better a pianist you are, the less limited you are as a writer of piano parts. We've talked about that in detail before, so we won't dive into that, but hopefully that is intuitive somewhat, that, you know, the better a guitarist you are, the easier it is to write great guitar parts, or at least more advanced guitar parts, or more interesting guitar parts. Uh, more specifically for piano, I want to continue with with what I started sort of in the last three, four months, which is really concentrating on left-hand patterns. I really want to want to have a whole bunch of different left-hand patterns that I have at my disposal immediately that I can always just throw in when improvising or when looking at like chord charts um, because uh, my left-hand patterns are, I feel like I have like five go-tos and that's not enough. I want like 30 go-tos. Um, and certainly I guess I'm past five now because I've been working on it the last three months, but I want to continue working on that. I want to continue working on on my speed from reading to playing chords, specifically more advanced chords, uh, because certainly if I read like a chord chart or whatever, and it's like D major, A sus, G major, like that I can do and not think about it at all. But I would like to get better at even being given much more advanced chords or more uh, different chords that maybe have an add six, uh, just as an example, um, that, that I could just immediately play it without thinking about it. Because right now, if you told me, oh, oh, do, you know, A sus add six, certainly I could play that in root position very quickly without thinking. But if I had to do it in an inversion, uh, it, would t- it would take me a second to be like, oh, let, let me figure out which note am I adding again. And I want to I be better than that. I want to be able to basically, when given any chord, be able to play it in any inversion I want to immediately, um, which is maybe asking a lot, but that's that's where I want to be. So guitar, scales, playing lead guitar better. I've mentioned this before. I'm definitely more of a pianist than I am a guitarist. I'm firmly in the intermediate range for a guitarist or even lower intermediate, maybe. Um, it's hard to say. Uh, piano, definitely better. So I want to kind of level up my guitar to be at least closer to piano. I'm perfectly comfortable with being a better pianist than guitarist my entire life, uh, but I would like the gap to be less. Uh, I want to add new movable chord shapes to my toolbox. That's an example of something to add, right? So, you know, power chords are super useful for obvious reasons, right? You learn one shape and then you have all the different chords at your disposal, basically. Yeah, you don't have, you know, add chords and all that, but but you have the basic five chords, at your disposal. And that's great. That's helpful. But there are other movable chord shapes, which is great bang for your buck, right? Because if you learn an open C major chord, that's not really a movable chord. So it only gets you C major. But when you learn a power chord that get you a, a C major chord, a C sharp major, a D major, a D, D sharp major, an E major, right? Like it got you all of them. So I, w- I want to get better at specifically the, the big bang for your buck chords. Vocals, I want to get better at controlling grit and distortion and maybe even screaming, even though I don't really put screaming in any of my music, even the harder rock songs. Maybe I'll change my mind, but uh, uh, I certainly don't mind it and added a little bit, but but I hate when it's like a whole section of rah, 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 like, it, that drives me crazy. No offense if you love that music. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not for me. Um, but anyway... I want to get better at that. 
music in general. I want to be able to quickly improvise in any key or mode. I don't have to think for most keys. Uh, so if you tell me like, oh, improvise in like E major or E flat major, like for the most part, I can just do that. Uh, but when we get into things like E flat Phrygian, now I have to think about it because now I'm like, okay, well, let's take E flat minor and figure out that. Okay. And then Phrygian. So I flat the two. I have to think about it. Unlike something like D major or something like F major where I, j I don't have to think about it. It's just like my fingers know it. I, I could basically rely on muscle memory and it's fine. Uh, but I want to get that way with modes as well instead of having to actually think about it. Um, and then sound design. I want to get better at sound design, ear training. Uh, Rick Beato has a great uh, course app type thing that I bought probably like a year ago, and I want to actually <laughs> utilize it more than I have. Uh, it certainly was helpful for ear training, but um, I wasn't very good about making it a habit to actually get on the course and work on it every day or every other day. Um, songwriting, I've been emphasizing utilizing modes more and borrowed chords. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. For me personally, uh, when it came to rock music, I kind of naturally gravitated towards some modes, specifically Phrygian, because Phrygian sounds great. Uh, so certainly Phrygian mode is something I've, I've used a decent amount uh, with harder rock music. But, but honestly, with singer-songwriter stuff, I've gravitated mostly to major and haven't really utilized modes nearly as much as I did on the more rock side for whatever reason. Uh, so I'm working on breaking outside of that box a little bit. And um, I want to get faster at lyric writing. This is something I always want to do because I, I, I've mentioned this before. I'm so jealous of of my friends that just write music. So I'm like, man, I, I would write a song a day <laughs> if it was just music. Because music is so much faster to write. Um, you know, so to some degree, it's going to depend on your standards. But because I, I care deeply about really good lyrics, um, it, it takes me a long time. A long, long time. And so for me, the bottleneck for songwriting is absolutely lyric writing. So I want to get faster at it. And I want to do some co-writing this year because I haven't done much co-writing in my life and I'd like to do some. So anyway, that took more time than I would have liked because, again, it's not about my goals. But hopefully something in there inspired you to like, uh, oh, oh, that's kind of interesting. I never would have even thought of like the importance of being able to sit at a piano if you're a pianist or a guitar and immediately be able to access something like E-flat Phrygian if it was given to me. Um, or, or just being able to to immediately access things like Phrygian and not be head knowledge where you're like, okay, well, it's minor and then I got to flat the two, right? Because in the context of improvisation, we don't have time to think about that stuff. We have to just be able to do it without thinking. Like I don't, I don't explicitly think when I'm improvising or playing or, or in D major, I don't think about like, oh, D major has F sharp and C sharp. I don't think about that. I just know it. And it's just, it just, it's, you just play, right? And you don't think about it. Having your modal knowledge at that point can be something that's helpful. So anyway, hopefully in there, there was something that inspired you for a goal for yourself. Ultimately, what are the takeaways here? One, honestly review and evaluate how last year went for your music. Number two, Figure out where you want to be a year from now, what you most want to have achieved and most want to be better at. Because 
again, those are two sort of separate things. You might want to be better at guitar. That's not, it's kind of difficult to have a tangible goal there. You know, maybe you could say, oh, there's this difficult song. So my goal is to be able to play insert difficult song here by the end of the year. You could do something like that, but that's still fairly limited. Uh, so, and honestly, I just, I just find like the whole like blind adherence to must make everything a smart goal is ultimately not helpful. Right. What is it I want to get better at? I want to get better at having more left hand patterns that I can immediately access with my left hand on the piano because I feel really good about my right hand, but my left hand is a little weaker. I want to feel like my left hand is closer to being as good as as my right hand rather than right now where it feels like my right hand can do anything and my left hand is like kind of limited. I don't like that. So I want to narrow the gap. Or, you know, the, the, hey, I feel like when I need to come up with a lead guitar part or maybe I want to have a solo in my song, I feel like I really shouldn't do it myself. It will be underwhelming. You know, that's a problem. I want to address that. So there are things like that that we can specifically address that aren't something that necessarily correlates with a smart goal where we're like, oh, well, I want to be able to do this exact thing, which is a box that I can check. It's objective. I either did it or I didn't do it. And I need to have it done by this date and all that. Some things don't work like that. Getting better at instruments or your voice or, you know, getting better at music theory and applying music theory to your actual playing or your songwriting. Most of those things really can't or maybe shouldn't be converted into smart goals. Anyway, so figure out what you where you want to be a year from now, maybe what your tangible goals are, like release an EP, and then your less tangible goals, like getting better at an instrument or getting more specific about what about the instrument you want to get better at, uh, which you should do, by the way. Don't just be like, oh, get better at piano this year. Like dive in and be like, what about the piano? What specifically do you want to get better at? And then number three, write down these goals and then figure out the habits you need to get there. So to say, hey, I want to get better at piano this year, that's not enough, right? First dive deeper. What specifically about piano or guitar do you want to get better at? What, what specifically about songwriting do you want to get better at? But then also, what are the habits that I need to form that will help me get there? Because you can talk about how you want to get better as a lyricist this year, but if you don't have a specific habit that you have of like write lyrics 15 minutes a day or make sure I never go more than two days without spending half an hour on writing lyrics – or maybe do, you know, work on writing poetry every day, right? It's not necessarily exactly lyrics, but if you get better at poetry, then of course you get better at lyrics because lyrics are essentially just poetry. So hopefully this was helpful to you. If last year didn't go very well, don't worry about it. It's over. It's over. It's a new year. It's a new you. Well, it's not a new you unless you make you a new you, but you can always transform. We can always transform as people. And the beauty of a new year is it's like a natural reset point. Does it really make any difference at all? No. Is a year just a man-made construct? Well, it's based on the sun, so yes and no. Uh, but, but really, it doesn't really matter, right, outside of for, like, taxes. Um, but uh, it's a great time to reset. Make sure to take advantage of this time. Take advantage of this time evaluate last year, be honest with yourself and really think about uh, how to improve into next year and don't have resolutions, have goals, have habits that you're trying to do. Resolutions are things that you quit 
15 days in. We don't want that. We want this to be the year that we look back and we're like, man, that is when my songwriting took off. That is when, in my case, I actually got good at finishing the recording of uh, songs, specifically vocals. That's what we want to be able to look back and say a year from now. I believe in you. I know you can do it. I know we've been talking for a long time, but I was excited to talk about this. I'm, I'm, I love the, the new year and the reset that you sort of get the new year. Hopefully you're excited about it too. Even if you're not excited, go do these things. Promise they'll be helpful. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. Talk to you in the next one.